Okay, so the, I mean, it's just a little bit of the trailer that I saw was like, essentially, there's this new character and she describes herself as being pansexual. And so everybody's like, what does that mean? And she describes being pansexual as like, basically, she uses a metaphor that like, basically describes pansexuality as like, while bisexuals are only attracted to men and women, being pansexual means that I'm attracted to people who used to be men or used to be women or are different combinations of like whatever gender thing. And the just the main takeaway from that is just like um, trying to. So first of all, making bisexuality seem like it excludes trans people is like wrong, like um and then also, like, making pansexuality look as if it's this, like, evolved way of thinking or, like, next-level sort of sexuality, like, oh, like, I'm, you know, I'm more worldly than you because I like trans people, like, like you know, like, and it doesn't, which isn't the case. Um, and, like, it's just, like, at this point, there's really no outrage, just more, like, exhaustion because I don't feel like bisexuality ever gets, like talked about or like bisexuality pansexuality ever gets talked about with like nuance in like television um and especially with a show like big mouth that seems to be on the nose about quite a lot of things it just felt like such a like the joke has been made before you know so like it's just like you they missed a really good opportunity to just like have a character be like secure in their pansexuality describe it as what it is and like move on from there um but just from that 30 second clip i was like ah this is what we're doing okay um but yeah that's that's essentially it and so then you know it sparks the conversations of like what is the difference between bisexuality and pansexuality and that's that yeah and uh it like I actually did watch the full episode and um, okay. actually finished the season last night, but uh, it, like watching it was really frustrating because they kept like talking around it and everything, and uh, because pansexuality and like bisexuality is like attraction to two or more genders, so some people like don't include non-binary people in that, but, like, the bisexual, like, manifesto and everything, and, like, when the term was coined, like, and, like, started to be used as an identity term, um, it, like, was always meant to include, like, non-binary people, trans people, and everything, um, but then pansexuality, um, the big difference is it's, like, it's all genders, so you can be bi and pan. Like, I consider myself both. But uh, you can also just choose whichever label you feel, like, fits better for you. And uh, one thing, like, I felt like they were talking around non-binary people and, like, the fact that pansexuality and most of the time bisexuality, like, they are inclusive of non-binary people. And, uh, like, they would say... um, uh, like CJ said, like attraction to like boys, girls, boys who used to be girls and whatever, which is problematically language for binary trans people anyway. And then they would say like, and everybody in between and not like say anything to actually um, like say anything directly. And then uh, like, I don't know. One thing that I do think that they did well was uh just in some of the harmful, like, ways that, uh, 
like some of the harmful double standards and like ways that uh like bi and pan uh men and women are treated and like the differences between those because they do have a like bi boy on the show too and uh he is um like he decides because of this character to kind of like come out and everything because he sees how like accepting all the guys are of her and thinks that he's going to be met with the same thing. But of course, because of how bi guys are treated in society, he was Mm. like, people were instantly weirded out and like, um, didn't, uh, necessarily believe him. Like, uh, somebody even told him that they thought it was a stop on the way to being gay and stuff like that. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Whereas like the pan, uh, girl who was featured in that clip, um, was met with like all sorts of like over-sexualizing and stuff like that. Um, and that really highlights the differences in the way that like, uh, boys and girls are treated, um, like in those specific groups. But yeah, I just, uh, didn't really like the harmful, like, perpetuation of that stuff and I didn't like um how for the how they like uh perpetuated the kind of like uh idea that pansexuality is just this like um edgy like uh I don't know um of more evolved uh, sexuality yeah. and stuff too. She was like it was, she was like presented presented as like kind of a snob about it a little. Yeah, bit she was being clip. an asshole. Like I definitely <laughs> agree with the like I am who I am and like shut the fuck up about it. Like I think mm-hmm. that her confidence is great, but uh, just presenting like the first pan character that you have on this show as uh, like being extra edgy and like using language like normies and stuff like that is just bullshit <laughs> if any character like use that term i would just like turn it off just like well that's enough of that show let's <laughs> right? start the episode <laughs> click remember that record that you bought me like two years ago well i just remember that it's sitting in the closet so i called you up just to tell you i've been meaning to listen to Why don't you come over and talk about it? Ooh. 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 Why don't you come over and talk about it? Sorry, that was the cold open. That was a really awkward transition. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so anyway, common. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to... <gasps> I've been me- CJ, join us. I've been leading to listen to that. Uh, oh God, we should retire. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> someone should just take us to the back and like put us out of our misery. Hi, everybody. I'm Andrew Ambrose Lee, and this is my co-host Ezra. Hi. They're right there. <laughs> um, how are you today, Ezra? What's been going on in that little old nogs of yours? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm doing all right. I'm 
definitely ready to like get into this album and stuff and excited to have CJ on as a guest. Let, let, let's introduce our guest. Um, they are a Afro-European, gender non-conforming gay rapper hailing from Germany, the UK, North Carolina, Champaign, and Chicago, who recently released the incredible EP, Here For Now. Please welcome CJ Ross! Yeah! Hi, hi, hi! Hi, wow! That was, a, that was a cool intro. You gave me, you listed off all the hyphens, you know? That was good. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did the bare minimum research. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, CJ. It's um, nice to have you on. Like, it's really cool to like, um, you know, we've gotten to know each other a little bit. We recorded a previous episode that uh, is not coming out because it got deleted or some, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, but like, it's really cool that you decided to come back. This is really this is really cool. Um, and already there's like a cool sense of like familiarity and a sense of like, oh, yeah, we could just do this again. So Hell thank yeah. you right? for coming back. It's like... It's as if it was meant to be, you know? So we were talking a little bit about, like, uh, kind of things to, like, talk to you about and everything and, like, things that have happened since we last recorded. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing that uh, came up was uh, the award that you uh, recently won. The awards Uh, is. The multiple awards, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Two of them. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes. That was uh, the first for music awards for trans musicians. Yes. And so I called it trans trenders with a Z music awards. You won uh, best R&B song and record of the year, which is a huge accomplishment. That's that's awesome. (laughs) Thank you so So much. So (laughs) thoughts? Yeah, um, it was it was great. I, I went to New York for four days and um, I stayed with a friend in Jersey and I got to meet a lot of people that I'd known like on social media but hadn't met yet. Um, it was like, honestly, like winning the awards is great and I it was definitely like an amazing time, but it's just like being able to be like a part of like um, a historical moment in like LGBT history and then like music history as well was just like really great. Um, and uh, it was interesting because... Uh, I I always assume that whenever I walk into a room or I'm performing anywhere, I kind of go in with this mindset that no one knows who I am. Like, I'm constantly just, like, introducing myself. So, like, when I got there, it was so nice to be, like, welcomed so warmly. Everyone was like, oh, my God, like, you're CJ Run. Like, ah, like, it was, like, Aww. some real, like... Oh, that's awesome. Like, like, fan moments that I wasn't really expecting. Um, but yeah, no, the music was received so well. I, I performed also at the awards. So that was like my first time performing in New York, which was great. Um, so yeah, yeah. It was just like an amazing, humbling experience, experience overall. And it made me fall in love with New York City. And, uh, maybe one day when I can afford to, I will move there. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, not to put ourselves in like the same camp or like the same, like, category or importance but um i too won an award once okay. uh, for my performance in you're a good man charlie brown i played Linus, okay. and i won the award for most virginal so um what does what does cool. that mean it it's not real i didn't make that joke <laughs> wow see i was about to big you up i was you know i was ready for it call him out on his shit i was like okay what does that mean uh 
Uh, one more question for CJ. Um, uh, bu- 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 uh, let, let's talk a little bit about here for now. Um, so you've been that record is kind of like about the the anxiety and like the the kind of like the the stress of being like quote unquote here for now in a place where um, you're not exactly where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not at the level you want to be, uh, but you're just like you're here for now. You're trying to make the most of it. Um, I guess like my question to you would be like, how has, has the meaning of the record changed since you, since like conceiving it and releasing it and to up to now? I definitely consider it, um, a timestamp. I think it's a a soundtrack for, uh, of, of my year because, um, it's that record has taken me pretty far in like the last seven months, like further than I was expecting really anything from it. You know, like it was covered in the Chicago Tribune. It was on NPR. Um, I won, it won an award, you know, the first of its kind. Um, and also I think that, um, it's still, it still resonates. Like there are songs I still listen, I still listen to and go back to and like I still feel that emotion. Um, but now I think the way that it works with every artist is like when you put out a record that you've been working on for ages, it now becomes uh, part of the public, no longer you. So it it's now it's now just become bigger than me, like realizing that everybody is here for now. Um, everybody else realizing that they are not alone. I, I've had like, oh, even just over the last couple of days, I've gotten like a couple of really, um, detailed messages just about how the record has, um, resonated with people of like a lot of different demographics and like what they're going through. Um, you know, being able to perform a song like Dear Diary at the Trans Trenders Music Awards, like in front of a lot of like trans mask individuals that can relate to the struggles I talk about in the, in the music. Like it's now like, I mean, it's still it's still important. It's still like holds value as far as the messages. And I grew a lot as an artist, like making that. Um, but now it's no longer really about me. It's about everybody else and everybody that can take something from it. Um, so, so, you know, it's, it's still important to me and I still love performing songs off of it. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's bigger than me now. So. Wow. That, that's a real, thank you. Thank you for that thoughtful, like lovely answer. Um, <laughs> we really, we really appreciate it. Um, we should probably just end the show now. Um, yeah, screw, screw yeah, so no more music reviews. No more music <laughs> re- I mean, we could, we could just talk. I mean, if you want, I haven't really gotten to like sit down and do like, an interview since NPR in August and so much stuff has happened. So, I mean, I don't know. It's whatever you oh, want to do. Okay. Like, I mean, what, like, let's just, like, sure. Like we can if, talk a yeah, little if bit. You, like yeah, if you what have more questions going yeah. on with you? Like, um, so I, I recently, um, moved to Chicago. I moved in July, actually around the time that we did, um, did the, uh, did the previous take. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just been adjusting to the city life, um, adjusting to like making friends post, uh, college environment type stuff, you know, it's the worst. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I've played a couple good shows. I was, um, at the empty bottle a couple days ago, um, opened for Sir Baby Girl, which was really cool. Um, uh, just, I've been like writing new music, um, 
And the thing is, like, I just I stockpile songs so much. So I'm just hoarding a lot of music mm. right now, um, but still have more to make. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. That that's that's what's been going on. Uh, just been like plotting for 2020. Like my mind is already in next year, honestly. So. <laughs> Is that like how you kind of like make a record is like kind of just stockpiling a lot, a lot of songs and then just kind of like whittling it down to like your favorites and like what, like a theme or whatever like that? Or how's, how's like a process for a record go for you? Um, so it's, so, uh, lately the process is now just like actually just making a lot of songs and making them during different time periods. So like I, I wrote, uh, let me think how many songs did I? I probably wrote about 10 songs over the summer. Wow. And, well, you see, you say, wow, I don't think that was enough, but I wrote 10 <laughs> songs. Right. No, that that's, sucks. it's cool. <laughs> nah, I, I mean, it doesn't suck, but, um, it, yeah, I wrote, I wrote about 10 songs between, like, May and August. Um, I've had writer's block and... for, like, years, so that's hella <laughs> impressive to me. <laughs> I used to write music and stockpile, it too, but, like, I just have not been in the frame of mind, so... Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, it's like when, when it becomes a thing you're trying to do for the rest of your life, you kind of, you just, there's this, this like, it's pure adrenaline that you're kind of running on, like, when you make music. But, yeah, I, re- I wrote, like, ten songs over the summer, and I was going through that whole, like, ah, oh, it's the summertime, so, you know, I gotta come with the summer banger type thing. But <laughs> I was, like, low-key, I was low-key, like, stressed and depressed and just traveling a lot and trying to get my things together so I can move, so I didn't even really feel, like, in the mood to promote a summer single, so I was just, like, listen to the old shit. Oh, can I swear? No, I can't swear. Can I swear? Yeah, you can swear. <laughs> I, 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 I swear about, like... all the time. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if you are trying to keep it cool for the kids or if your, like, parents listen to it and you're trying to, like, keep it smooth like but anyway what um, my, my dad listened to like one of our episodes and like said i wasn't mean enough so oh, wow. wow okay i wasn't well, mean enough to taylor swift so like all right well, uh, to be fair you're never mean enough to taylor swift oh my god fine she's okay at songs there, there that was the there you go. <laughs> yeah enough. happy now wow, dad that's, that's a little harsh andrew I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But, um, I, wait, what was I even saying? Um, yeah, so I, I just, I wasn't in the mood to put out music in the summer, so I was just making songs. Um, so the process is basically, like, make songs, as many as I can think of that are, like, quality, um, and then, like, also make them during different seasons. Because if I'm gonna make, if I'm only gonna write songs in the summer, then like it doesn't really give a broad enough scope of like where I'm at because I feel differently depending on what season it is depending on what like month or like what's happening so I try to give myself like a year to write during like all the four seasons and just experience life throughout like a year and then like that's why Here For Now came out in March because I was working on it all 2018 so that I give myself a year to create as much and experience as much as I can in 365 and then like whittle it down, save songs, maybe rework them, come back. So it's just like an endless cycle of just like creating, recycling, reworking, experiencing life so that you have something to talk about, etc. Yeah, I think that part is like under I think that that part is important and like not talked about enough is like the experiencing life part. 
because uh, I think that if you are just sitting in a room, like, trying to create all the time, then, like, you're going to get, like, blocked off from it. Like, you're not going but to I have like sitting in rooms. inspiration for it. Like, you need to be able to get out there and live a little, so... I mean, some people that works like Kanye West, God rest his soul, he, <laughs> you know, would produce like what, five beats a day every summer type thing, like in his, like in his room or basement. And so like, um, what Outkast and, uh, uh, like the groups that they like produced with when they first made their first albums, like they were all in the dungeon, like that was the whole thing. But, um, for me, I I've realized like I can hunker down in a studio. Like I just came back from being in Champagne for a week and I was there just making music with my friends for like seven days, like 12, 15 hour, like studio days. And I can do that, but I could not like, I, it, I have to take time in and out of like, go to studio for like stretches, come out, like live, do stuff, go back in. So yeah, it's all oh, about yeah, balance, but that's the process. Um, right now, like Kanye might, uh, write best when he's like, just kind of hunkered down and everything. Mm -hmm. But like outside of that, he still lives. He still like yeah. has things to write about. So yeah, like, I think that it's about finding that balance. <laughs> Kanye yeah, West something. is at his Kanye best when he's taking his Kanye rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of that. I'm Dr. Smith. Hi, Dr. Smith. Dr. Richard Smith oh. is my name, and I have okay. a diagnosis for you. Okay. What's going on? Yeah, you've been in physical therapy for like a few weeks now, and uh, you've been doing that thing where you kind of like walk on the the little railings when like you, your feet are, feet are weak, and you kind of like did that. And I was like, you can do it. I said, well, you can do it. And you're like, I can't. And I said, yes, you can. I believe in you. And we did that for a while. And I finally have your diagnosis. That's that's already a treatment, though. Wouldn't you give the diagnosis before you give the treatment? Well, I'm clearly incompetent. Like, I, I thought that was the first step. I had my clipboard upside down. And I did the treatment first. And then I diagnosed you afterwards. So sorry. Whoopsie doopsie. Okay, well, what's the diagnosis? Well, let me consult my clipboard. Flip. Oh, it's that you should watch the short film Diagnosis. It's an award-winning short film by a friend, future friend of your podcast, Tanner Richard Kraft. It's about a mother who learns how to evolve as a parent in the face of her son's autism diagnosis. And, uh... You know, it's been a really well-received movie with uh, many saying it taps into the very real frustrations and fears they feel adjusting to his diagnosis, either as a parent or an autistic person. Whoa, that so sounds that's really cool. relatable and awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, your diagnosis. Also, you have, uh, your bones are jelly. Oh, man. Um, sorry. Sorry. Ugh, awkward. Ugh. That's why so, uh, I have noodle arms. They weren't noodles. Yeah, that's they were jelly were... all along. <laughs> if this was a sitcom, we'd all be laughing. <laughs> so uh, let's let's get into the record a little more. Mm -hmm. um, let's get into 
Um, Ezra, what's the record call? B. Buzz buzz, baby. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, sorry, that was... Okay, so B, it's by, hey. it's B by Common. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you were asking me about bees earlier? Yes. Okay, <laughs> I didn't even catch that it was supposed to be a pun on the album. <laughs> I you know, yeah, just yeah. thought that you were looking for something random to talk about or something. But we've really ran out of content to produce for you guys. <laughs> well, um, I like bees, so I thought that it maybe it had to do with that. I don't know. By the way, uh, I did get a message recently um, that was like from my uncle asking uh, if like why I post about bees so much, because um, hmm. I guess <laughs> I like kind of created a habit of that, like on Facebook and stuff and like uh Twitter occasionally, like, just posting, like, bee-related memes and articles and cute things. Um, and uh, my answer, in case anybody else who follows me has that question, is just that I think that they're really neat. And also, bees are kind of, like, non-binary culture. I don't know if you agree with me, CJ, but... I, I, I haven't been tuned into that. Why? Could you explain that? It, they just they just are. <laughs> I don't they know. They just are? Bisexuals? Well, oh, non- non-binary people just, like... Uh, bees, that's it. Okay. Well, I mean, like, uh, I really like. I've seen jokes that, like, are just kind of bee oriented in, like, non binary <laughs> groups. Like, uh, I don't know, like, non binary making puns like that. Or, like, uh, ah. because of the they, them pronouns, that it's because, uh, like, in response to, like, people who say, like, oh, well, they means multiple people. It's like, oh, well, like, I'm full of, like, millions and millions of bees or something. True. Okay. No, I respect that. I respect that. I respect oh, that. wow. That's Glad to have your to stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> okay, so B by Common. Um, mm-hmm. What made you want to uh, talk about B by Common, CJ? Well, it's also going back to part of my creative process. Like right now, I am trying to stay away from listening to mainstream music that isn't like uh, like music that's like current, like music that's come out in the last maybe like two years. Um, So I'm trying to also like learn more about American hip hop at its roots, because I feel like as a non-American, I wasn't I was only exposed to a lot of mainstream American hip hop. Um, so I've been just trying to like delve back and lately I've been watching the Netflix show, uh, hip hop, uh, revolution, uh, which has been detailing like the origins of hip hop from like the very beginning. And, um, I just, I'm, I was on an episode about common and about how he was very respected in like underground hip hop movements when they were trying to like take the mic back from like the ditties and maces who were like the mainstream, like face of hip hop. So I was like, yeah, I know Common is a big deal, but I've never truly like listened to an album. So that was why I thought, let's do that. So, yeah. What about what about Ezra? What is your um, what are your preconceived notions on Common and this record before like kind of getting into this? So I didn't really know a lot about Common. Um, Like I know enough to know like he's still making music and that like he released an album this year, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm hmm. But like uh, I hadn't really li- like gone out of my way to listen any to anything from him, so uh, like I don't know. Out of my way, <laughs> you can listen to this common record. 
I was excited to listen to something that's like completely new to me. Um, but I was also like a little uh, drained, to be honest, just because of like uh, work stuff recently and um, just things in my personal life. So I wasn't like going into it with the best headspace. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. So I guess like just kind of a combination of excitedness and nervousness because I didn't really have anything like specifically like any specific thoughts formed about common a common benation uh I knew you were gonna do that let's just both Uh, disconnect the call (laughs) (laughs) I'll do a solo bolo by myself oh Um, my god I so common you know I kind of viewed him as like the he's like an old guard of hip-hop like Mm -hmm. a very like respected figure in the hip-hop community uh, he seems like a, you know, he's, he seems like a gentle giant of a rapper, like a very, he reminds me of like, he kind of gives me like Terry Crews and like, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine vibes. Just okay. like, you know, like a big strong dude, but like very sensitive and very like vulnerable, very like wears his heart on his sleeve and mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, he has like, I could imagine him being like, you know, walking into like you know his daughter's like sleepover like anything i could do for you guys just like i can imagine that i feel like that's exactly what he's like probably yeah he does kind of have like gentle giant vibes i think is a great way to put it and like i don't know like wholesome father vibes or something like maybe Mm -hmm. he also like he does have like seem to have like an edge like he he's definitely like seen some stuff and like gone through like the ringer in terms of like poverty in terms of like you know, some really tough times, but like, I well, think yeah, he's like, it yeah, seems like, like that's kind of what he's talking about on this album is like, uh, after you have had those experiences, like who are you going to choose to be? And like, I think mm. that he's choosing to be like this, uh, wholesome fatherly gentle giant. Mm-hmm. So let, let's get into the themes of the record a little bit. Like, I think that's like a great jumping off point. Like, yeah. So, so, um, I think one of the major themes, like we can kind of go around and like kind of talk about like what we think our theme, the themes are for the record is, mm-hmm. um, is I think one of the major themes for the record is kind of undoing. I, I, I bet he didn't have like the, the vocabulary to like really describe this at the time, but like a lot of the toxic masculinity of like, you know, growing up and like a lot of like, um, you know, the hardships he's gone through and like the environment he was raised in that could have made him very angry and bitter and like mm-hmm. really like a not good person. But then like he, he like chooses to like work, work through it and, and un, unlearn those things. And like, um, and just like, yeah, like being, being present while also like looking to the past and like recognizing what the, leaving the past where it is, but also like, looking to the future and like that's kind of like represented a little bit by like how he talks about his daughter how he talks about um all these things which is really cool yeah i definitely uh like think that you hit the nail right on the head with the toxic masculinity thing that's something that like that's like a vibe that i was getting but um i like reading through the lyrics and listening to the music i was kind of like pushed back into a day where like we didn't have like the collective cultural vocabulary for that. And so like, I couldn't quite place my finger on what it was, but uh, yeah, I think that like, that's definitely something that he's trying to um, navigate is kind of getting out of that um, 
toxic environment and um, creating a better life for him, not only himself, but of course his daughter. Yeah. And everything. Um, another part on that I would say is exemplified like the most on, um, I think it's the song Faithful, where he's talking about yeah. like, if um, if God was a woman, would he like still like treat her like the same way? Like, you know, um, and so like also just like goes into like his relationship with spirituality um, mm-hmm. and um, I, listening to Common for the first time, like really listening to him made me realize everybody else who's influenced by him like now. Right. Like um, yeah. just like listening to some of his flows or some of the ways that he talks about things like reminds me of like J. Cole, but like J. Cole probably got it from Common type thing, you know, um, mm-hmm. and also again hearing like. 2005 Kanye West God rest his soul on like a couple songs um now we're, we're just gonna keep talking about Kanye like he's not here so um that's that's fine but, well yeah uh, I kept thinking like he produced this album and like back during that so time good. he was doing like such cool shit and then like today like he honestly like he might as well just be gone <laughs> Like, yeah. God rest like, his soul yeah. is the right it's way to put it. very sad, but like, yeah. Uh. I also saw the John Legend credits, and John Legend is another artist that I haven't really, like, like listened to, which also feels funny, because it seems like he's a very, like, respected and regarded, like, singer-songwriter, but I... But yeah, but, like, seeing his credits on here, too, it just gives me a scope of, like, what this album is about. It also gives me, like, a, a bit more of a... Um, well, now living in Chicago and, like, I guess being more clued into, like, just, like, colloquial things about Chicago. Like, he's talking about streets. Like, I think he talked about, like, 79th and Stony or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, knowing... Oh, wait, no, Cottage Grove and Stony, excuse me. And, like, knowing where that is now is, like, also cool. Because, like, as a... You know, just not being from America in general. Like, sometimes Americans will reference, like, their streets or neighborhoods. And I'm just like, okay. But, like... I know where Hyde Park is. I know where, like, Cottage Grove is. Like, that's, like, it gives me more of an appreciation, like, okay, this is 2005, and this is, like, Common is considered one of, like, Chicago's greatest, like, exports. So, like, okay, like, this is this is the history of, like, the city I'm living in, and this is, like, what... Um, just thinking about, like, being an artist in Chicago and how, like, big of a deal that is because of, like, the history of music here. Um, so that... And also just, like... It's Kanye produced, so it's like it's very, it's it, it sounds very much like Chicago, just down to the product, the excuse me, the production, the gospel influences that you hear throughout. Um, this like grappling with like the the violence on the streets, but like wanting to be a better man, but your environment doesn't really foster that, and like mm-hmm. just like uh, spirituality and like where you're from and all of that, like that's all stuff that like I can relate to not obviously like down to the T or the like bits he's talking about, but that's like, yeah, it's like, okay, this album's what 14 years old now, but it's like, the human. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. But it's still, it still feels, yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's, I think that's also speaks to him. Like that's a very, this is a very timeless record. I was playing it and bopping my head and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. Like, Feels like it could have come out last year and I probably wouldn't have blinked about it. Like, I was like, this is good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it Uh, aged well. It didn't really have any really, like, shitty things on there or anything. We'll talk about that a little bit. I mean, yeah. 
Um, one more like kind of the like one more theme um, is like going kind of like jumping off of CJ's thing. Um, <laughs> CJ's thing. <laughs> um, I, I, I like um, it's common like so with the previous record. It, his previous record was like really really panned and really really like you know dismissed as like oh he's gone commercial oh he's like you know you know he's like you know sold out he's wearing he's doing uh, gap ads and whatever um so like this record here i feel like he's trying to like reaffirm his authenticity reaffirm his roots and his underground credibility um and like i think he does a great job with it like it, it sounds like i think uh, once again he's like like Kanye West, like he said that in an interview, like don't forget for a second that I'm from Chicago, and I, yeah. like I will, mm-hmm. like you know, it feels like the, it feels kind of like that, um, which is I think is really I think is um, the thematics on this record are pretty tight, I would say, and like pretty like consistent throughout, um, aside from a few things here and there, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I would agree, I'd agree. Um, I'll, I'll say one thing though about the whole commercial thing. I really like. I don't knock any artist who makes a pop song or a commercial type record, um, whether even if it was like by choice or not. I think that you should just let people do what they got to do. You guys are gonna hear a real pop like song or album from me one day, one day very soon. Oh hell yeah! And I'm, I'm, you're, I'm and you're, to that. And you'll have to just deal with it. Like, you really will. Like, I'm, I'm going to win a Teen Choice you Award one day. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm going to win a KCA or a Teen Choice Award because, like, the kids really loved it. And someone's going to be mad. But, yeah. but that's that's range, honey. That's range. So Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like, legit question. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had to do an ad for a company, what company, like, what company would it be? Like it, it, it and we could like we could get a campaign started like CJ. What is your favorite form of capitalism? (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I mean, I no, I do. um, I wear a lot of Tommy Hilfiger and Fila and um, Adidas. So like probably yeah, I'd want a Fila campaign. I'm real. I'm a huge slut for European sports brands. So um, like some Kappa. Some Kappa, some Champion, some Elise or some Fila. Like, I would do something like that. Yeah, I think that's so. the best way to do it is, like, uh, if you're going to, like, do a commercial thing, like, if you have the choice doing it for uh, something that, like, you really love and, like, yeah. use yourself and stuff, I think is really cool. Like, that's kind of a win-win because it's just like a cultural thing for me and then also like I look at my wardrobe and I'm like damn I got so much fila I should be paid to be on stage like (laughs) with this shirt on all the time you know I'm just like why not it's like like Tony Hawk doing the uh like pizza pocket or pizza or no I think it was the pizza bagel like yeah can you imagine like some pizza pocket though like you put your (laughs) hand in there it's like pizza like whoa Oh my god, no, CJ, <laughs> CJ run for Hot Pockets. I, I do, no, I mean, a so check like, is Tommy a check. Hilf- Tommy Hilfiger <laughs> pants, and then, like, you put your hands in the pocket, and it's like, oh, my god. oh pizza, <laughs> like, that'd be great. Nothing but pizza in my Tommies. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> or not. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of cool, let's take a cool break. Hey, got my sunglasses on. Meh. Walk it in. Hey, 
Okay. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm just, I'm on my way to the web film festival festival to like go watch some quality artsy college projects over here. Hey. Oh, you know, you'd probably like very rude what? guy who's yelling what? at me on I'm the street. I'm from New York in Chicago. Why? This is how I sound. You'd probably like a show called I Hate You Too. What? Well, this show is a comedy web series about two trashy millennial roommates dishing out on both the love and the hate. Allie and Kevin may think they have golden futures ahead of them in Chicago, but only if they can navigate. Only if they can Nav- navigate. navigate. <laughs> Stop. What? This is a, I, I just met you for, for the first time. Only if they can navigate their psycho mid-twenties. Whoa, I'm 75 years old. I remember those times. Do you want to hear a story about my psycho mid-twenties? No, but do you want to watch this show? Well, here, here, tell you what, I'll tell you a story about my psycho mid-twenties. I don't like that term psycho, so I'm going to say my wacko mid-twenties, and then y'all watch the show. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay, so one time I met a raccoon. So that's a story. Cool. Uh, so this show, um, if you want to check it out, is uh, streaming on YouTube. Um, there are six episodes. It's all one season. And uh, it's all featuring college students. It was actually, um, it's actually starring two uh, best friends from college. So. Hey, my best friend's that raccoon I mentioned in the earlier story. Well, these best friends are actually people. It's Allie Wessel <laughs> and Kevin Blair. If you're looking for something ridiculous, current, and fun, watch I Hate Wait, You Too. What was what were those three things? Ridiculous, like you. Current, uh-huh. like this conversation uh-huh. that we're having. And fun. Yeah, we're currently having like it. Our, like it sounds like your wacky rapport with your roommate. Your roommate, your raccoon friend my, my, was. My, well, me and my me and that raccoon are roommates. I live in a trash can. Oh no, that's so sad. No, it's great. We have a pull-out couch. And uh, I, I put on like uh, raccoon pajamas on my raccoon friend. He loves it. Oof. What? <laughs> Why is that oof? <laughs> I thought you'd be like, oh, what a wholesome fun image. But you're like, oof. <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep walking here. What? I am walking here. <laughs> That's cool. No, it sounds like a place that you're supposed to be in, so you will be. Um, what, whichever way that happens, you will be. So, I have faith. Thank you. I'm trying to keep the faith. <laughs> Understandable. Gotta have faith, faith, faith. <sighs> you really are. You're the comic relief. <laughs> the comic relief. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to go for. Um, okay. We'll put uh, that testimonial to... under your bio on the website, Andrew. <laughs> You're really the comic The relief. comic relief. <laughs> okay. And we're back uh, here to talk about <gasps> B. Bye. Yeah. Comic.
So we're talk- here to talk about Be by Common. And uh, let's get into like um, some uh, – let's start with the lowlights. What, what are some – what is a part of the record that did not work for you or like a criticism you have with the record? So uh, one low light that I wrote down was the song Go. Um, yes, I did not like I, that. I did not like it. Um, it's really repetitive. I don't feel like John Mayer's vocals really add much. Um, <laughs> it's not really that interesting. Um, and I don't think that it really fits super thematically with the rest of the album. It's like he's talking about uh, kind of his life growing up and stuff. And then all of a sudden he's just like, hey, guys, these are my (laughs) fantasies. Like, just so you know, and then kind of goes back to the other stuff. Well, Um, I would say, like, I agree with you. Like, that is a weird detour um, thematic. But I will say it does fit pair nicely with Faithful, like, it, even though, like, I don't, I, I still would prefer just go into Faithful, like, because, like, you know, it, Go is about his fantasies, Go is about his, like, sexual proclivities, and then, like, Faithful is kind of him, like, trying to, like, break past those things and trying to, like, repent, quote-unquote, from those things and, like, um, be a better person um, and be faithful to God slash his wife or girlfriend or whatever. Um, I don't know. That's what I think, but, like... That, but I still don't think it's a good song. Fantasies doesn't make you unfaithful. Well, yeah. Or yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I do feel like it fit uh, as far as like the sound goes, like musically. Um, like I like the chimey thing in the background mm-hmm. of it. But that's like the only compliment that I'll give the song. Okay. Uh, a low light for me, I would say, would be um, what's it called? Uh, I don't really have like I don't, I don't think a lot of the songs are actively bad per se. They're just like I moments agree. I'm like they're just like oh okay that's a little weird. Um, what about you, CJ? What's a do you have any criticisms, any lowlights with this record? Okay, well, um, with what you said, I mean, I quite liked Go actually, um, but I no really, I think it's a pretty solid album. Um, there's uh, there's a couple songs that I might skip myself. Um, just like, um, the food, I didn't really like that song as much. Um, but I think that also sometimes just, it just comes down to taste, but I do, I I love, I love a good confessional album. So like, I thought it was pretty solid. Like there's not, um, I think that his wordplay is incredible. I can see how he has influenced like a generation of rappers. Like the whole conscious rapper thing is definitely like his thing, which isn't like my favorite genre of uh hip-hop music but he does it pretty well um yes so yeah yeah you like the really unconscious like offensive rap like (laughs) yeah but like you know i just i I, the thing is sometimes i feel like well i think that the reason i like this album is because like common is just conscious because he is i feel like a lot of rappers force us to like their music because it's conscious but the song doesn't really bang you're just talking about the issues and you expect me to like it because you're talking about the issues yeah i get that (laughs) there's that and there's the element of like them trying too hard to be smart trying too hard to be woke quote unquote like yeah just like using five syllable words woke rap 
Uh-huh. Like, but it's like, I, but Common, he actually lives and breathes this. It's even the same thing with like the stuff on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. There's a lot of like really like hedonistic, like um hazy, like trap stuff that's pretty you know, that's is what it is. But I quite like it because like I know they're not forcing it. Like I believe that you did all the things that you say you do, you know, like I um, so yeah, I feel like Carmen is very organic and he flows very naturally and he's just very much himself and he just happens to be like a politically, socially conscious black man from Chicago and that's how he's going to rap and you gotta meet artists where they're at and I appreciate him for like being himself. B. Yeah. There you go. B. B. Yeah, Ooh, buzz, oof. buzz. So, um, <laughs> every time, every time someone every says time. the title of the record, um, one more low light for me, I would say just, it's again, it's just more of like a little note. And of course this was made in 2005, 2005 or whatever. Um, but like, and I know, I know also like th- this is like, this will like, trans- this is, this is kind of my low light and highlight at the same time. Cause like after this wheel transition to highlights um, is in the song faithful. It's one of my favorite songs on the record. It's beautiful. And like, incredible storytelling and like um just really again like it's 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 conscious rap that like really really works um but like any the the low light for me on that thing is like it does kind of like perpetuate this notion that like men are these sex crazed like monsters who like can't it's their nature to be like you know to not be able to keep it in their pants when in reality men can and should be able to have impulse control. And like, it's, it's really, unfortunately it like perpetuates, you know, the patriarchy It perpetuates like rape culture a little bit. I, I, I know, I know. And he's also like, but the thing is like, he's fighting it. He's like trying not to be this person, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, I, I wrote down for that one that like, you shouldn't need to, um, imagine that a woman is God in order to respect her. Mm. Um, Like you shouldn't uh, like in order to have respect for like women overall, you like, it's just like people who say like, that's someone's daughter or someone's sister or whatever. Like, no, you should just be able to respect them because they're fellow human beings. Um, and then I also wrote down for that song that uh, like it was close to like making kind of my highlights list because like I really like the kind of the sound of it and everything. But like it just in the content of the song, it feels very like hashtag deep. I think I think it yeah. works. I I think it's like quote unquote. There's like in a lot of Christian songs like light light. Um, way or whatever like because you're all i want you're all i need you're every like the the notion of like the god slash girlfriend paradigm like are they that one's a throwback (laughs) are they talking about god are they talking about a girlfriend or like you know a loved one or whatever and like but i think in this context it works because i can see it twofold of like oh he's talking about god or oh like he's talking about the love of god as like you know, the love, like describing it as like the love of a woman or like he's describing the love of a woman as like the love of like God in a sense. And like it kind of like mm-hmm. that twofold layered lyricism really works. And he doesn't like explicitly say, I'm talking about God here. Like, like 
it's I think it's incredible. I think it's one of my favorites on the record. And that's how I think that all worship songs should start. And it would really like cut out a lot of confusion <laughs> sure. and grossness is just I'm talking about God here. Hit it. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about my super hot wife. Hit it. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's that's my least favorite like trope and like some like pastor like like messages is like my smoking hot wife just like the weirdest thing ever like them trying Wait, to be are we cool. reviewing uh, Chance the Rapper's album or <laughs> I love I, I bet he does love he does love his wife anyway sure. so, um so um I love I, I love I love uh, Faithful so I love the in the outro is beautiful it like Mm -hmm. the way it like start it starts off transcendent with like john legend's vocals and like the harmonies just stack on top of each other and just like it overwhelms you in this warm melodious blanket it's like really incredible um i I just want to get blow through my points on faithful because it's i love this song um just I, when I did like hear like, what if God was a her? Like I was kind of like Ezra rolling my eyes like, eh, here we go. But like, mm-hmm. I think like what he's trying to do here is like, he's like really doing a lot of introspection here. Like, which is like, you know, even though I have a great career, you know, a woman who loves me, you know, religion, you know, Christianity, I still feel this great emptiness in my heart that makes me go back to these bad these like bad habits or like toxic patterns. Um, and like, he's recognizing, Oh, I justify myself. Like I'm not, I'm bad, but not as bad as Eric Benet or she gave me head, but I wasn't really cheating. Just like, he's uh-huh. justified. He's like justifying. Well, you know, like I, you know, it's not that bad, but like once he like kind of, he's like kind of confronted with like, should I cheat on this person? Like, should I cheat on my wife? Should I cheat on God? Quote unquote, with, these things but he decides to go go back to like his you know god wife or whatever. <laughs> like, god wife go back to his god wife and like confess and repent and like mm-hmm. tell i think it's really really touching i think it's really really beautiful um it, and it does work as both a re- reaffirmation of your love for your partner and your love for god or like in a sense which is like really cool absolutely I, mm-hmm yeah. Uh, what what is a highlight for you, CJ? Um, highlight for me, I I hate to say it, but it's the production is probably the highlight for me. I really mm. love the the Jay Dilla beats and um, Kanye's production on it. I think that rest in peace. Um, the music was just like very much for the time. Um, I think that like all of the just all of them like the melodic the. Mm, how melodic it was like especially on um the corner with the last oh poets. my gosh yeah i love yes. that song so like good. on that one i think it was perfect and i think that um even though i don't think common produces but i think the artists who are able to like have good beat selection like mm-hmm. it says a lot about their taste you know and i quite like his taste it's very soulful it's very like uh come home after a rainy day type music um, so I think my overall highlight is just the way that this album makes me feel um, from the, you know, the piano rolls to the boom bap, like all of it. Like, I mm. really enjoyed the production. 
the the intro the production in the intro of the first mm-hmm. song iconic it's it's like solemn yet like like the solemn like strings to like this explosive restrained you know like think like thing of like samples and like drums and pianos and like common's voice just coming in like yes just like it it's like oh i'm in for a ride this is incredible yeah he has a very commanding voice uh which i also appreciate from an artist standpoint so yeah it's a good it's a good it's a good album yeah Uh, Ezra, what what's uh let's do one more highlight from each of you got each of us and then we'll kind of go into stray observations. So um I know you kind of started to get into like uh the intro to the album. Like I think both the like intro um B and uh buzz, buzz. it's your <laughs> and it's your world were like the perfect ways to like start and end the album. Um and like they kind of perfectly tied in together, and uh, like I think the production on both of them uh, were great. Like uh, B really set up like high expectations for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of like reminded me of uh, Camp, uh, which we talked about on here before. Yeah, a little bit. Um, just because of the like. Uh, I don't know precedent that it set, and like the fact that it kind of came in so strong. Um, and then uh i think that like um just by the end like it really holds up and they kind of uh wrap it up perfectly with like the spoken word and everything the spoken word to me was like a little bit too long like i i feel like you know it's his dad who did the outro like um <laughs> which is like somehow a deeper voice than common himself um <laughs> But like, um, I do feel like it could have been like cut down a little bit, but I still really like it a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I I like the spoken word a lot. Like, I think that um, like it could have been cut down a little bit, but I don't really think that it necessarily needed to. Do you like, like- I I like eight minute songs, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like uh, the little kid who says, I want to be a duck? Like... Yes, follow your dreams, kid. <laughs> it is, like legit. That's like really sweet. Of like, not. I say living. follow your dreams, kid, but that kid is like my age or something. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if like there was like a BuzzFeed article with like like the headline "Want to feel old? Here's the kid from Commons. It's your world." And it's like the picture of like the Aflac duck, just like. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's like he's not trying like i think i like that he included that on there because he's like not stifling the kid's imagination or like his limits in any way this is really sweet yeah yeah i could have been cute. a duck if i didn't t- tear my acl but you know it's fine <sighs> the darn acl right <laughs> am i right it's always yep. the acl uh one more highlights I really quickly I love you know going back to the corner a little bit I love the intricate internal rhyme scheme and delivery on that song mm. I think that's really incredible mm-hmm. yes like, he used he again he uses rudimentary English to like communicate his points and like he still paints this picture that's really incredible and like really like captivating um like no seat bikes and like stashing like he only uses like two or three rhymes like the entire time but like it's like really really Again, effortlessly cool and authentic. And um, another, um, my last highlight really is like 
testify. I think it's a really cool. Yeah, that was one of mine too. Yeah. <laughs> I like, um, I like how the sample kind of like personifies the woman in this, in the story. Like, before you take my love away. Like, I really like how like, um, it goes from like third person to first person, um, which is really cool. And like, soft mild misogyny in it but like i think it's all right like it's like it's like again like the woman is the evil conniving mastermind and like the man is the innocent hapless fool when yeah yeah. (laughs) um but like i think i think it's well written yeah like um but like you know it's like a kaiser soze-s twist of like oh she was the one who did the crime like Mm. i think i think it'd be really funny if like the judge or like the prosecutor said verbatim this bitch did the crime <laughs> just like <laughs> in court and like someone had to transcribe that um anyways uh any uh stray observations on this record no that's it all no. right all right we 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 exhausted everything from this record mm-hmm. uh, um, <laughs> uh who would like to go first to give their final thoughts and ratings um cj I'll, we can... I'll go um okay so i think that this is a great album full of a lot of honesty, a lot of heart, a lot of talking about, um, a lot of authenticity on Common's part. Um, I think that the production is amazing. I think that um, the, what, two features, two, three features on it were perfect. I like that he, like, that Common took the helm. I think he has a very commanding voice, a very good um good control of the English language, very good rhymer, very good rapper. I'm I'm not surprised now when people say that Common is in their like top 10. It makes sense. I think he's an amazing lyricist. Um, and I would give this album an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 what? Oh, oh, 8 out of 10. I, okay. Um, 8 out of 10... Lightning bolts. All right. Um, yeah, Ezra, what what uh, what are your uh, summation and your rating? Yeah, so uh, I really enjoyed this album. Um, I think that it was a great introduction to uh, Common, and um, yeah, I like his uh, wholesome dad energy, <laughs> 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 and uh, I um, really enjoyed like the production of the album, the, um, like I said, just like the way that it starts and the way that it ends is perfect. And I think that, um, it kind of sets up this, uh, great like theme for him to explore and everything. And I think that, um, considering that it has been 14 years, like, yeah, it aged really well. Um, and I could definitely see this as having been, um, put out like a year or two ago and like it still having kind of the level of uh popularity that it did um and yeah all that being said i will go ahead and uh rate this eight out of ten hearts on my neck oh Oh. nice okay um so i'm gonna say i think this is a great record i think it's like very it's a really easy listen. Um, it's mainstream while like, you know, like he's like technically, he's like very technically gifted, but also like is able to like, it's like, it's mainstream enough to be accessible, but like, you know, intricate and like, you know, 
deftly crafted not to be like respected art artistically i would say um i think um common is a commanding presence on the record a very likable presence on the record he um i appreciate how much introspection he does on this record i appreciate how he's like trying to reconcile with his past trying to reconcile with um you know um you know where he's where he's come from and like um all of these things um but and like trying to push forward positivity in a really wholesome wonderful way so i'm gonna give it um 8.8 no seat bikes you can't do 0.8 why also point no no seat bikes are like mad inconvenient and not great so how do you give a good rating but it's like well like um the um point two is like the seat so like we took the seat off ah <laughs> gotcha yeah. okay really really pwned cj i'm over really here. mad yeah. when you do like decimal rating why <laughs> you've never he does it me... he does it because you don't like it that's why you've never given me you've never expressed this to me like i think i did before like because when you give like 0.5 it's like okay well that's somewhat understandable because sometimes i kind of like go back and forth between the number but then i pick one um but when you do like 0.8 like fuck you you just you just think i'm like a yellow belly coward is what you're trying to Ooh. that's exactly what i said in my mind but like oh it's because i'm Asian. So there's a little of racism there. Okay, no. <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking in my mind. <laughs> I know that's not what you meant. Um, so, okay, wow, we did it. Um, so let's get into our <gasps> I've been mean to listen to that. And I did. All together now. Playlist. Um, let's see. Let me go to my Spotify recents. Um, the song Renegade by A2 um, has been on Ooh, repeat. Click. I've been on my way, California case, and I'm celebrating. I've been focused on my CD, even on my case. Okay, um, so, um, Ezra, what, um, what song would you like to put on the playlist this week? So, uh, because there were so many, like, samples in, um, these songs from the 70s, I decided to, uh, do, like, a little blast from the past and feature a song from the 70s. What? Um, so my song is by Sylvester, um, and it's called You Make Me Feel. Click. No, this song is like disco as fuck. Um, it's gay as fuck, and uh, yeah, it's just—it's really nice, and I think that it kind of goes with the like '70s vibes of like a lot of the music that they kind of um, like featured on the album as well. Wow. Okay, um, my pick. Um... Uh, I know CJ kind of roasted him a little earlier today, um, but uh, my pick is going to be Blessings Reprise by Chance the Rapper. Click. Uh. 
I knew that you're gonna feature something by Chancellor Ever. Okay. Um, I, I really love the song. Uh, this was like when I was he like. He also has like the wholesome Chicago vibes. Wholesome Chicago. Sorry. He has he has wholesome Chicago vibes. He like he's definitely truly inspired by Common. Like I think it's like not even yes. like um, not even like like it's very obvious that he's like clearly inspired so much so that like one of his other songs um good ass intro like samples faithful but like um i chose this song because it like it you know he's rapping about faith he's rapping about like you know wholesome dad vibes but also i think um the outro to the song is absolutely beautiful and like when i first listened to this it was like it was towards the end of like me feeling like very depressed towards the end of me feeling like going through like, you know, the school year and like being so overwhelmed and so stressed. And then just hearing the outro to this song, it really, really overwhelmed me, make me made me feel like at peace with things. And I think um, you know, I still I still I still mess with him. I still think he's cool. So yeah, that's my pick. All right. Cool. All right. Awesome. Um so uh now we're gonna conclude the episode with um a prepared statement from CJ like a little closing sentiment. Um, so um, you can just write that in the chat box, um, just okay. in the Skype recording, and then we'll all say it all together. Three, two, one. Let's, Let's unpack, unpack that. that. Okay. Yeah. Great job, everybody. That was so much fun. Thank you so much for doing the show. And, like this is this has been so much fun and you're like such a cool clever cat so thank you so much um now that's my favorite compliment i've ever gotten i'm a cool clever wow cat. cool i like that all right um <laughs> thank you so much everybody have a good day and, and click, click.